the, the unexpected break that we had, so... Uh, the first one or like the added 15 minutes? Oh, the first one. The first okay. One. <laughs> I was like, wow. Don't underestimate a Laurel Nap, though. She could... Uh, she no, could, I was impressed. You could I was, tell me I, at 523 you need 15 more minutes and I squeeze a nap in there. I've done things with Tara where I go, do you think I can make myself go to sleep in the next... Like, and I give, like in two minutes, she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Like I like start doing it, she's like, "Stop, stop!" She gets like really upset. I can just go to sleep. I mean, it's 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 not something I can do all the time, but it's like mm-hmm. I I flew this week. I went to New Orleans for work, and um, I stupidly didn't bring my neck pillow on the plane because it's such a short flight that I was like, "You're not going to fall asleep." Silly. <laughs> <laughs> slept on both flights. <laughs> oh, Laurel, I slept like fifteen hours. <laughs> I went. I got a, a, my second COVID booster. And right. I spent most of the day going, oh, I'm, I feel much better than I did on the, on, you know, the other ones. I feel a little nauseous. My, my shoulder, my, my arm still hurts. Yeah. Um, uh, I felt, you know, a little tired. I felt like, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be like around doing stuff, but I felt okay. Mm-hmm. And then six o'clock rolled around yesterday and I went, goodbye. Uh. And I went to sleep. I woke up at like midnight and was awake for like a few hours. And then just slept, and then I woke up like I'm like I'll wake up super early tomorrow morning. I woke up at like eleven, like I just slept <laughs> like <laughs> this Rip Van Winkle sleep. That I mean, that sounds fairly glorious. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, except for the fact that it was because you were feeling not great due to your COVID booster. But um... I, I I didn't feel sick at that point. Like I did a little. I was a little not. You know, I was I was mostly okay. Mm-hmm. And I just went. I'm exhausted. Let me go take a little nap. So we were talking last week about laurel naps, and then this time was like the Ryan coma. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the the Ryan rest. I don't know. Um, oh, it was it was a lot. I had weird. I had a I had a Fraser dream. Oh, do share? Because I, I told you. I know. I know. I said you were like you forgot, and I was like last night. I was like before I hit my coma, I told Tara, I'm like some. I need to watch these two Frasers today. It's the only thing I need to do today, and I didn't do it, but. I had this weird dream that I was in an episode of Frasier and I like turned to Martin. I'm like, is this a new season? Do we start a new season? Like, <laughs> I, like I was like, is this because in the dream, Frasier had a beard and Niles had like salt and pepper hair, Ooh. like the type of which you can only get from being like having very dark hair that goes gray. Yes. So like not Niles's hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I made a comment about like, well, it's funny because I made a comment like, he looks, he's a little silver fox there. And then Martin was like, gave me this like, oh, really? Like, are you in denials? And I was like, no, no, Martin. I just like his hair. And then I like spent a decent amount of time trying to like convince Martin I wasn't attracted to denials, which was funny considering like the clo- the, the, the opening of the second yes, episode. Yes, yes. I was going to say. Like that. I feel like but. this was a little, I mean, have you ever thought that you might be psychic? Because... I know what I think is I, this, this does not apply to what just happened. And I think maybe like the fact that like they're doing a lot of like, uh, the, you know, some close to gay panic jokes on these seasons of Frasier. It's probably, I think sometimes my brain sorts out things that I haven't quite sorted out my conscious yet. Mm-hmm. Cause I have had things where like I've had quote unquote prophetic dreams a little bit, yeah. but it's mostly just like, this is the direction something's going. You haven't admitted it to yourself yet, but your dream state will be 
we'll like sort it out for you and show you that it's going to happen. And it's like, oh, it's never like the lottery tickets are blah, 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 or this plane's going right. to crash. It's always like somebody's mad at you, you know, or something right. like that. Right. Um, I mean, I, we, I feel like we talk about dreams every now and then and how at the end of the day, it's hard to know what dreams mean. But um, yes. I, I, I do I, I do find that funny that it was very closely mirrored the beginning of the episode, which I have a lot to say about that, but we are that's the second episode, so we won't get yes. to that um, quite yet. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I wish I'd slept that long. I slept really poorly in New Orleans in the hotel that I was in. Um, mm. Just, I, it was kind of things like I'd wake up and be like, where am I kind of thing. I mean, it's just been so long since I've traveled and been so long since I've gone on a business trip. that. I was about to ask what you were doing in New Orleans, but it was a business trip? Yeah, I was there for work. I was there for a conference. Um, mm. So, it, I don't know. I just, so I feel like I'm still catching up on sleep, which is why the Laurel nap I took when you had forgotten about our recording yeah. was very needed. <laughs> I, I promise you, what happened was last night, I'm like, Tara, like, we were watching Stranger Things, and I was like, the only thing I need to do today, like, I've mapped out everything, because I knew I was going to have my, sh- my my vaccine on Friday, the only thing I need to do today is I need to watch two episodes of Frasier, it'll be easy, and I kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it, and Tara's like, okay, okay, why do you keep telling me? I'm like, because I feel like I'm going to forget, and then I woke up late this morning, and then we just started doing stuff. And at no point did I think about Frasier at all. And, until like, I texted you to be like... Until you texted me about 30 minutes before we were supposed to do it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, it, because we had not communicated at all today, I was like, mm, yeah, why I, do I feel I like think, Ryan might have not remembered? Because <laughs> we well, had just said around three yesterday. Yes. I think I wrote off yesterday and was my brain was going, today's Saturday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is, have you um, seen, do you watch stranger things? No, I watched a little bit of the first season. Um, mm. and it was scary. <laughs> oh, the new season is probably the scariest. I think I don't think it's too scary, but it's definitely the most like flat out horror movie. Mm. So I, when I watched the first one, I really think I watched the first few episodes, uh, and it was like literally storming outside and very dark. And I was like, Oh, oh no. I don't want to watch this home. And it was first, I, I just moved into my, the first apartment in DC I had by myself. And I was like, no, no, not right yeah. now. And then I just never picked it back up. So, so this is incredibly creepy. So, okay, here's what happened last night. So I wake up at midnight and I'm kind of up for like a few hours. Mm-hmm. Like I listened to some podcasts. I read a little, you know, Tara was just going to sleep around that time. Um, so I'm in our guest bedroom while I'm, you know, taking the shot. Just, be, yeah, I, I'm on the vaccine. Cause I just, you know, just to separate. And, I get up and I, you know, she's going to bed. I'm give her, you know, I walk in, give her a kiss, pet lady. I'm like, all right, good night, everybody. Go to bed, lay down for a little bit. And I go, oh man, I need to turn the uh, fan on. I'll go, I'll go turn it on, you know, and I have to like turn it, the whole thing on and then turn the lights off mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, the pull string. Mm-hmm. Great, great part of the story. Very important. Yeah, very. But so I walk up and in our guest bedroom, if you don't have the uh, night light in, it is pitch black. It is. It gets cold and coldest in that room, and it is pitch black. Like it is like if you can't sleep, one of us goes in there. It's wonderful. It's like cryo sleep from Alien. It's uh, amazing. I would just like to thank you again for having that guest room set up when I stayed with you all that one time. Because if there's things Laurel needs, it is pitch black, <laughs> cold. Is, oh, it is. I mean, it, and so I, I have, I have my sleep mask on. I take my sleep mask off, and I had to double check that I just take my sleep yes, mask off. Yes, that's how dark it was. So that so was I'm my, going, that okay. was my hotel room in New Orleans. The blackout shades. It. I was like, I could lie down at two p.m. and it was like is it midnight who knows didn't someone recently make fun of us on twitter or something about how much we talk about sleep masks and stuff like that like that one of our listeners i feel like someone's like 
you know, I, this, keep telling your story and I'll check our, I'll check Twitter really quick. <laughs> right. So I, I, I go, okay, you can make it the five steps to where you know the thing is. And I reach over to go flip the switch off and the door just opens on its own. Okay. No, no one's on the other side. It just opens on its own about two or three inches. Just mm-hmm. burp. And what that is is probably I didn't close it enough and then the AC kicked on or something. Mm-hmm. Like something in the house moved. And I was like, nope. And I walked right into to Tara and I sat on the bed. I go, hi, I have to tell you what just happened. And I'm not super scared, but I do need to talk it out with someone because it was extremely creepy for about two seconds. She's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. And I just went back to bed. But there was like a minute where I reach over and she goes, Err. and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so, so I guess I am so used to like, the house I and I didn't grow up in like an old house at the time. I guess now it's considered a little old, but like I, I'm so used to just like doors opening a crack and like just like the house settling or like a gust of wind and something didn't latch right and everything. And when I was growing up, my mom would always just say it was Elijah coming in, the prophet Elijah. Oh. Which looking back, we were not a super like talking about religion all the time. Yeah, house. you're not an Old Testament family. <laughs> yeah exactly we, but i think it was to keep me from getting too scared by it and i would just be like oh it's elijah and i really think i said that one time when a friend was over like the door cracked open and i was like oh it's elijah and they were like who's elijah and i was like oh you don't say it's the prophet elijah at your house well well part of it was it was less that i was scared i was scared for a second I was like what the f-? but then the the bigger thing is season four of stranger things is all about like a supernatural force murdering uh, teenagers mm-hmm. and then like someone getting blamed for it because of course everyone's like oh someone had no one else knows their supernatural forces mm-hmm. in the town mm-hmm. so I think some of it was me telling Tara hi I think this is just the house moving or something but if you come in and I'm like something's happened just to let you know that this door opened on its own we have a ghost get out like you know like I'm just <laughs> I don't know just just covering my bases I mean um, again just bless bless Tara <laughs> she was like no she got it immediately she was like oh yeah cool got it um but uh we uh we when we were at our dc apartment like i felt like there's a lot of weird noises and stuff and, you know that's it in apartments because mm-hmm. god knows what it is there's other people involved but we always referred to things like things being opened on their own or anything we refer to them as sir hauntingsley oh which to me is a cute. like fully armored knight mm-hmm. that's also a ghost I mean, th- that makes me think of, um, oh my gosh. Uh, Nearly Headless Nick yes. is kind of what we thought of. Yes, yeah. or like uh, the, um, n- not Nearly Headless Nick, the the one that ends up taking his place for a little while when, or th- the guy in the painting who takes the place of the fat lady um, to guard. He's Remember, he's the like knight who constantly like is challenging people to duels and stuff. And people are like, we just Vaguely, want to, yeah. oh, his name is Sir like Cavendish or something. Is he more in the book than in the movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's only in, I think, the third movie. Um, hang on. I'm just going to look this up. Um, Harry Potter, Night in Painting. This is going to bother me. It's uh, Sir Cadigan. Okay, Sir Cadigan. Yes. Yes. A little knight whose picture hangs in a seven-floor corridor near the South Tower. He is a silly fellow whose bravura outshines his common sense and who glories in quests and challenges. So... Real quick, uh, Harry Potter stuff. Do you watch the new movies, the Fantastic Beats? Stu- I don't. Beats. The Fantastic Beats. These <laughs> beats are great. Um, yeah, that would be an amazing. I would watch that. <laughs> I will say somebody, I made a um, playlist that was, uh, you know, Harry Potter music and named it like 
music for the wizarding world or something and someone goes you really missed an opportunity to not call it fantastic beats and where to find them and i was like oh you're right yeah um, that's, that's true no I, I don't watch i don't watch them okay that was i didn't really have any questions about it <laughs> i just it's one of those things that continues to exist and i'm like who's watching like i feel like there's this huge drop off of who's watching them i i think they might appeal to some people who were not initially really into the original Harry Potter canon because there's, you know, I mean, yes, there's some things that carry into the, the stories that the original story where you're like, Oh, cool. But I feel like if you don't know that you're not losing out on a lot in the movies, I guess I remember, I, I remember my mom really liked the first one. I and like sat us down and made us watch it. And I was like, I have to say the parts with Newt Scamander and Dan Fogler, whose character name, I don't remember um the his muggle friend and they're just like let's go ca- i lost all these animals let's go get them i'm like what a great movie and then all the like wizarding world political intrigue i was like fast forward fast forward fast forward yeah. oh he's doing a weird mating dance for a fat rhino thing great like, I, I will say my one of my friends who i i think like read all the harry potter books and saw all the movies she really i think the first one was her favorite movie that year um i just i don't know i've never i truly don't have any interest in in it, um, which shows that just because I'm very interested in like the mother text does not mean that my interest will carry <laughs> through all of the like branches of the series. So, well, uh, just we like some people s- are interested in the mother text of Cheers, their interest does not then, necessarily mm- carry through Frasier. I am the opposite. I started with a branch and moved backwards. Well, I could I'm move backwards. Think of other media that does that. There's probably a lot of other stuff. Craniac, send us in other things where like you got into the spinoff first and then like you went back and watched the original text. But before before you do that, listen to the rest of this episode because hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and we talk about sleeping, which hopefully you're not doing. Hopefully you're staying awake for this episode, for this, this, this session. Um, today we are talking about season nine, episode 14 and 15 of Frasier, but, season, but episode 14 is called... Can you do this name for me? Uh, I, ju- I just say ju- juvenilia? Juvenilia? Okay, I, that sounds right, but I didn't know if this was a word that you were familiar with. That no, I, I, don't, I don't believe this is a word. I think this is a word that they have. Um, I will be 100% honest. I grabbed the Hulu uh, okay. synopsis of this, which is very short. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came out on uh, January 21st, 2002. Teen radio hosts make a fool out of Frasier. What? Pretty simple, pretty simple. Yep, that is to the point. <laughs> I think, and pretty good considering the other ones are like, it would probably be like, Kenny, Roz, and <laughs> Frazier meet at Cafe Nervosa. And then like, that'd be like, and? And they're like, no. Yes, they have um, coffee and discuss new research. Has Kenny ever been in Cafe Nervosa before? I was thinking about that today. I want to say yes, but not frequently. And I uh, also in my so I texted you last week when I was at my parents and we were I was watching some season eight episodes with them and one of them was very Kenny heavy and so in my mind that was the episode I that was the episode that preceded this one so I was like wow Kenny's in two episodes like back to back I was like no no that was a season ago so I feel like Kenny does have a lot of screen time like he's reaching bulldog numbers mm-hmm. possibly surpassing him mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to go back and like look at just look at IMDb and, and you have like it does it in order. Like you look at the cast list, it's like yeah. by how many episodes? Oh, and yeah, yeah, in yeah, front yeah. Of well, and Bulldog. considering, I mean, he may be in there for the rest of the series. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, I saw what did I see with Kenny in it? God. Oh, it was it was a it was um, 
It was a clip from Modern Family. I didn't. I, I forgot he was like the principal at. Uh, Boy, I don't know everyone's name on this show, so hear me out. The Gay Couples Kids School. I oh, think he was yeah, the Mitch and Cam, Lily's school. Yes, it was the one where she was having problems with another student, and their their parents were two lesbians, yes. and they come in and they're like lesbians, and, and, and they do the whole. And one like, of them is like uh, Wendy Covey, yes. something. Yes, yes. from uh, the Goldberg Reno nine one one and a, bunch and of a million other things. Other things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I feel like she's got something else. She's a uh, she, oh, she she's the mom on the gold. She's the. She was. Yeah, she's in Bridesmaids. She plays, um, gosh, uh, like Maya Rudolph's like cousin, or maybe she's. Is Maya. she the mom on the Goldbergs now? I I, I said the Goldbergs. We oh, were, you did. I didn't hear yeah, that. Right before you said Reno nine one one, I said the Goldbergs. Yes, she's okay. the mom on the Goldbergs. Because I was trying to figure out, like, I'm like, I that that must be the one I'm thinking of. Because she has, I remember she was in an episode of The Office where, like, she was the concierge. Yes, I was just thinking about that. Yes, the concierge in was it like Buff not or Toronto or something where Michael has to go for when he goes. Yes, to the business international trip in business trip. Yes, um, <laughs> I think it's like literally Niagara. <laughs> like it's just right across the. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, in bridesmaids, she's she's one of the bridesmaids. <laughs> she plays like mm. Maya Rudolph's like friend who are fr- either either her maybe it's her husband's sister or something like Maya Rudolph's like you know soon to be sister-in-law I don't know but she's she's a value add I mean I, I just like that movie a lot but she's good in it oh I was gonna ask what your thoughts on the movie I remember seeing it and being like okay and then like moving on from it but not being like I feel like it launched a bunch of careers I- I'm not mad about like also, some I, I was just having this conversation at the conference. I mentioned that I didn't like Bridesmaids. And someone said, oh, so is it going to offend you if I say you remind me of Kirsten Wig?" And I was like, no. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't care for it. I don't like the conflict in it. I don't like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's all that funny. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not mad about all the success that it had. And like, like you said, the careers it launched. But I. Yeah, it's a movie I don't think I'd watch again. I watched it sometime during the pandemic just to be like, I'm older. Maybe like, who knows? Maybe like it resonates with me more. Nope. Nope. I, I, I told Tara recently that your favorite, one of your favorite movies was uh, The Hangover. <laughs> and she did the same thing I did. She's like, really? Like, it's like just so like, like, like million years. Never would, like, it would have been real. Like, I it would have been three hours of straight guessing. And I think I would have been just going down alphabetically movies before I would have gotten. A, I mean, hangover. is it, is it a, in my top 15, it is not, is it, a, is it a movie that I love to watch and the only Blu-ray I own? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. See, I, th- the only Blu-ray I think is more of an indication of you being a very different person than like me and Tara are, because I have a ton of Blu-rays and 4Ks and things like that. Humble brag. But like, I also like, That's I think it's really a humble brag. No one uses those anymore, but okay. <laughs> It was a, I, you're right. It was just a brag. Brag. Um, but uh, I think, okay, you want to say no one uses humble brag anymore? No, no, no. I'm saying no one uses 4K. No one uses like Blu-rays anymore and stuff. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, no, um, people use humble brag all the time. I'm, I'm saying that's not really I thought you were saying about. no one uses humble brag. I was like, go to the tapes. I'm pretty sure we can go back oh, one, no. maybe two episodes and you've used that no, term. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, I, I will say I like physical media because all the time I'm going, oh, this thing I wanted to watch has now gotten off of whatever. But anyway, um, da, 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 da. no, I think it's, it's, I thought it was one of your top 15 films. Like it was like your it, number one comedy or something. Oh no, it is not. But I mean, I, I do, I have not seen it in years. I do truly, I, I, I loved it. I, right. I loved it every time I watched it though. And I knew a lot of it. 
by like heart and but also I think I just retain movies really well like last night I was catching up with a friend of mine and we were just like chatting at her house and she got a she's adopted a dog so I was playing with the dog and stuff and 13 going on 30 was on that um Jennifer Garner movie mm-hmm. just a, a real delight and I was like like scenes would come on and I'd be like oh my god like I forgot about this scene and she'd be like how do you remember what happens in all these scenes and she had said she's seen that movie countless times and I was like yeah I've seen this movie probably like 15 or 20 times. You said you've seen it countless times. How do you not remember what happens? Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I, uh, you, you, I, I you, really you, retain. You, oh, you do retain movies. I was like, you yeah, don't remember. You okay. Could, oh no. Like if you could put it in a movie, I can like, like I would watch movies of, of like books. We were supposed to read in English class. I would also read the book, mm-hmm. but I would, it would help me. Like I'd watch it first and be like, okay, I can now retain this information. Yeah. Better. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's jump into this episode a little bit more, mostly because I really enjoyed this episode. Oh, great. Uh, let's see. Who likes to keep the radio on for... Co- oh, that's their, they're talking about Frasier's demographic. That's the whole point. Kenny sits them down to go over the demographics and talks about Frasier's number one audience members, people who keep the radio on, for, old people who keep the radio on for, for company. company. Yes. Also, I want to say how, like, prescient i find this like concept to be that they were talking about like data around demographics because i feel like that's only become more and more important i think it's just easier to get yeah yeah yeah. it's easier to get but it's all i mean i feel like that that like demographic segmentation is all what like brands are about now and like are we getting content yeah are we getting all of our hitting all of our demographics and what demographic do we not have and how are we keeping the demographics we do have yes art is dying so well um, no i well i used to do a work in a consumer awareness campaign and like they could they would drill down and be like 20% of your uh people who visit your website uh, are dog owners and i was like okay but i don't know how we're going to necessarily tar- like <laughs> Great. there's no way to welcome, for us to welcome dog owner yeah to make this to make our content relevant specifically to dog owners but like good to know <laughs> thank you um but then that woman comes up and he's and she's like oh can i get this autograph but can you make it to paul my uncle who's in hospice yes you're like his only friend yes. i thought that was funny it's a little sad but it was a funny joke yes um let, let's stay with i, I have some thought, some other things to say after this but it's about the other plot so we'll stick with this plot um and so fraser agrees to go on is it teen scene yes that's the name um and i, I I know we hate Kirby and we wish he would not come back. I didn't mind Kirby in this episode. It was like is, the perfect amount of Kirby for an episode. No more. This, this is my favorite Kirby episode. Yes. I literally at the beginning of this wrote down like, Laurel, do you really think Gene Smart was worth it with how much Kirby we're getting as like a Considering <laughs> a we never effect. see Gene Smart again. I know. Yes. <laughs> I like, wrote down well, Ugh Kirby. We had Gene Smart, but God at what cost? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and then this is my favorite Kirby one. And I mean, so we'll go through, let's go through this plot line. So he goes on teen scene. Frazier and, does. You know, yeah. Frazier does. And Kirby the whole time keeps, they keep doing stuff where he's like skipping work and stuff like that. And Frazier's, you know, kind of dismissing him because the, the young woman who is, you know, kind of buttering Frazier up to be on teen scene is, you know, doing, you know, doing all the Frazier stuff. I think a joke that didn't land, but I thought was really funny was when Fraser she's he, uh, Kenny's like, can you come meet this girl? And Fraser's like, well, I don't want her to. She has, of course, a image in her mind, and I don't want to disturb that. And Roz is just like, do we have to do this every time? It was like such a meta joke. <laughs> like 
that was she's like just go talk to her like we don't have to do this and like it did not land with the audience but i appreciated it of like every time fraser meets someone he has to do this little rigmarole before he goes over there it's true also like roz needs a raise Yes, I the thing where they're like people think you're a man, Roz. I'm like I can't, I cannot abide by that. There would be a Roz squad. Should this, if this were a real uh, radio thing, and you know Twitter was around, the hashtag Roz squad would be huge. I mean, she'd have I, her own show in no I, time. I think it's time for you to carry that torch. But um, um the uh, so so sh- when he goes in to meet with these these kids, they just the best character. Like we talk about one episode characters, mm-hmm. I love Andy in this. Yes! The, like chain smoking moderator who him. is just like broken and like he's like first off, no matter what happens, know that I'm on your side. And he's like what? <laughs> and he keeps he keeps flat out like when when so they start drilling him with questions like how should why should people take you seriously when it comes to mental health? Where when you were on a le- you you know were yeah spent two hours on a ledge threatening to jump because your wife left you and your wife left you and all this stuff, which I was like, geez, but like I love him going. Shouldn't we go to commercial, Andy? And he's like, this is a public service and it's <laughs> commercial free. And then turns to Frazier and shrugs. Is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like he's like, like I love that he's legitimately like. There's nothing we can well, do. <laughs> and just the subtlest of things, like him just tapping the ash off of his cigarette, yes. was just so good. He's not over the top, even at the end. So the, the whole thing is then Kirby, who knew these kids in high school, they're still in high school, and he's like, I have some operatives that have not graduated yeah, yet they've been held back <laughs> they've been held back and he gives like all this information to fraser and fraser uses it turns it around on them mm-hmm. and uh andy like at the end he goes thanks man you made my month he wasn't over the top he didn't hug mm-hmm. him like he was just he played it very subtly like i don't i need to look up who that actor is i don't i didn't recognize him he was such a good like andy was a real standout in this oh uh, i agree episode. i agree especially because i was looking at the teen scene panelists and i was like i don't right. think any of you are famous actors now like i don't think any of you are you're you... right you are i looked oh. them up too i thought you meant you were nodding like one of them is i was like who <laughs> well no because i looked him up and on the thing it said freddie prince jr yeah and i was looking for freddie prince jr and he's the one like oh, he's, he's the caller a, the caller but his call-in is like cool thanks man mm-hmm. like he doesn't even it's like did I, we need freddie prince jr I for think this there was probably a longer call and they that they cut it then they edited it out because um, I was like, actually, this is kind of a get for 2002. Freddie Prince Jr. Like, he's still riding the she's all that. Um, hi, he is still, he's doing a bunch of other rom-coms that were never as successful. He and Sarah Michelle Geller are getting married. She's on Buffy. He's, and I will say he's within a decade of his um, Hollywood peak, which, do you know what that is? I mean, to, to me, it's she's all that. He's probably doing Scooby-Doo at this point, but. No, um, he wrote for uh, WWE Smackdown for two years. <laughs> I do actually, I think, why do I think we've talked about this before? About Frank Prince Jr. Because it's a weird, regardless of the history of wrestling crossover. on this, it's like, it's not, he was on, because sometimes, you know, celebrities will go on and promote a movie and like body slam someone, blah, blah, blah. He was a writer, a writer for I, two years. Like, I didn't know A, he was a writer and B, he liked wrestling. It's like, what? Like, I had to go double check all that info. It was like, yeah, I did it for two years. I mean, I don't know why I made it sound like I called Freddie Prince Jr. and asked him directly. I, I, you know, you should honestly, I feel like, I don't feel like he doesn't have a lot going on. Go ahead and write to him and just be like, tell me about this. How did this come about? He's a big voice. He was, I guess that show's over, but there was like a multi-year 
uh, Star Wars cartoon, he was a he was a major well, character on. I guess he's that's he's right. still doing some stuff. I, I, I think forget, he's doing a lot of voiceover. Yeah, I forget how many actors like do voice work. Will Will Friedel or Friedel from Boy Meets World, like yeah. basically does like all like, just voice work all the time, all the time. He was there was a cartoon that was like years into the future, and Bruce Wayne was very old, and he found a young kid to be Batman again. It was like Batman in the future, and that was Will Friedel. I mean, was Batman Beyond? But it's just like that's like years worth of stuff. That's the thing is like, listen, him and Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller are doing fine. Oh, Sarah yeah. Michelle Geller also like doing voiceover work now. I think, but like, voiceover works a great gig if you can get it. Because first of all, like, you don't have to powder your nose, you don't have to oh, do yeah. your hair, you show up in your underwear. Like especially during COVID, it was yeah. just like, hey, we're gonna send you this equipment, do it on your own. Yeah, like to go sit in a closet full of clothes and <laughs> and record. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I think voiceover work is the jam. I mean, I've said before, and I'll say again, one of my friends in DC does voiceover work, and she's one of the people on NPR who's like, this segment was brought to you by Sotfa Luxury Mattress. Sotfa. Da 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 da. <laughs> Um, it's actually so really he, fun when I hear because I haven't seen her in three years. So it's really fun when I hear it. I'm like, oh, it's like she's here. It's like we're <laughs> we see each other again. Sometimes when she talks, like, so she, it's it's weird with voiceover actors actresses because like they they don't come to go. Hello, Laurel. It's very nice to see. You. Like they don't they have like a cadence they do oh, that's yes. very specific to voice acting. Yeah, exactly. And you know, just a certain like way that they speak, which is not her normal everyday. I mean, I will say she right. always had just a great voice, and she used to do audiobooks. Um, that's kind of how she got like then when NPR kind of was looking for new people to be the like this this message brought to you by. <laughs> she already had like a cadre of work. Right, almost like you could like cut together something from something this is brought to you i feel like if you're a voice actor, you go, this is brought to you by and you just have that on standby mm-hmm. like ready in case and just fill in the rest yeah um yeah. but the whole thing here is then you know he turns it around on the kids and he goes because of the stuff kirby gave him kirby was like you did it Miss, you did it dr dr crane mm-hmm. blah 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 and then they walk out and they have this very tender little moment like this very casablanca like Oh my gosh, this why do I not like, remember this? I watched this this morning. It's it's he goes, "Let's get a cheeseburger or some such," which is what Dr. Crane said to uh the kids before they started. And he puts his arm around Kirby and they walk out. He's like, "I think we will, Kirby." And Aww. it's very like this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. I was like, "What a what cuz I wrote here like this is me trying to tur- like if I had to write an English paper, I would say this. It's like he ended in the end he did connect with youth. It just wasn't the youth he expected to." Oh, that's good. That's good. But I thought I thought I thought it was a really good I like that part of the episode a lot. So this gets high points for that. Let's talk about the other kind of two Yeah, two kind of other two plots. So like a B plot and a C plot. Niles gives Daphne a pair of earrings just spur of the moment out of the blue and I was like Niles this is dangerous you're handing her a small jewelry box just very abruptly right. well <laughs> um, especially since I saw that the like short thing of the next episode when I was looking mm-hmm. at this episode so I was like oh does it start here what's going on um it turns out it's the exact same pair of earrings he's already given her which I thought was such an odd choice for the writers to make that he's like giving her the exact same. I was just I don't know it feels like a mistake Niles wouldn't make um, maybe, I, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't really seem like that to me. It just felt like I could see Niles giving him her so many gifts that I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah. but I, don't, I guess I also feel like his jeweler would probably be like, you are oh, another pair. Did you lose the first one? Yeah. Like this is just like the pair you got her. Like, isn't that the point of having a jeweler? Like they would tell you like, oh, this would complement those earrings you got her last year. And 
But then at one point, you'd be like, you bought her these last year. Her being like, I guess I'll just have to pierce something else was very funny to me. And, and, and the, Miles' reaction tickled me so much. Because both of their reactions, like when she's like, am I kidding? Like, mm-hmm. like, like it, there was a lot done in the face with the, the two of them. That was, I think that was really pushing the edges of their character, but staying with it. Yes. Like, I think like, because it wasn't Daphne being like, yes, I do. You know, it was just like, maybe I will. Like, it yeah. was just, I just thought it was kind of cute. I, I did too. Um, so Niles talks to Roz about, you know, the, the, the gift issue. And she starts telling him, you know, like, do something like unexpected. And he says, one of my favorite lines, are you talking about scarves? <laughs> I, I thought this whole scene was very funny because the humor was derived from like, what was funny about them mm-hmm. not was you know niles i saw a super cut recently that was like every time niles and Roz like sniped at each other mm-hmm. and it wasn't that usual thing which is f- i like that's the funny thing about them is sometimes they go back and forth between those mm-hmm. but like this one was like him saying that where he's like oh you mean scars and the other one where he's like mm, be spontaneous and dangerous you've given me a lot to think about during my herbal rap <laughs> yeah i i also I, I was it carries over to the next episode too but like Remember, it used to be when Niles and Roz would see each other and, like, Niles would say something very, like, cutting to her and she would, like, throw it right back at him. And now I yes. just love that they are truly friends. I, but, I, but like I was saying, I still think they do those cutting remarks, but it's like, all right. Like, it's, but, you know, but, it's, but it's good-natured not, ribbing. Yes, it's good-natured. And there's that undercurrent of actual meanness and stuff isn't really there anymore. Yeah, I think they really... I, th- I think they moved away from that pretty quick with it still being... Because I remember the one where it's, like... He made a joke about the the who's who hasn't kissed Roz Club. This is the one I remember from the thing where he's like, "It'll just be me and the vicar," and she goes, "I'll save you the dues," and then just yes! kisses. Yes! I love that so much. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And then he says, "Everyone kisses better than Maris." <laughs> <laughs> um. I, so they do that, and then it. And she says, so "One time, someone stole me a street sign that said Doyle on it." I thought it was a sign from a bar. It was like Doyle's. Was it a street? Oh, sign? that's what it was. Doyle's bar. Yeah. Okay. I just thought of the street sign because I had uh, in in freshman year I was dating this girl. Um, it was really funny because in hindsight I remember being like, "Oh, she didn't like me very much," and my friend who was there, the common friend between was like. Ryan, she really liked you. I'm like, oh, she, you know, it's like one of those things. And one thing she did for my birthday, she got me a street sign that was like Spaz Boulevard or something mm-hmm. like that. Like she had someone, she knew someone who worked in the street sign making world and like made it and had it for me. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like, I just remember saying that and being like telling her, I'm like, yeah, you know, she didn't really like me. And they're like, she really liked you. You broke her heart when you broke up with her. And I was like, and all of a sudden it was like, she did that for me and she did something else for me. Yeah. I was like, oh no. I was like, getting you a very personalized present is yeah especially I think what it, in, it what was, it was, was this high school or college this was freshman year of college so okay. just barely not high school <laughs> okay but okay well i was gonna say yeah like that that's probably means she spent like her own money on it like freshman year of high school you know like, i think she i think she had a fr- like a friend make it like it like i think she but she went to trouble to get mm-hmm. it it was it may not have been monetary but it was definitely like effort and she also like and, thought about a like thoughtful present for you so. well i i think what what happened was not that we need to like post game this relationship from God 22 years ago at this point. Um, but I think some of it was like, I, she, she wasn't into like 
public displays of affection mm-hmm. and I was I was like if we're gonna date like I don't mind holding your hand I don't mind mm-hmm. kissing you in public and like I'm not talking like let's make out in front of everybody blah, 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 blah. but like um, that was an awful sound on the microphone let's never let's if there was <laughs> a way to wash out, like, my ears word. out I <laughs> wish I um, could um, but like like just like you know kisses or pecks or mm-hmm. holding hands or like whatever and she just was like no don't not not in front of other people and I think that's what I took as like, oh, mm. you don't really like me. I took that personally. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Um, I hope she's happy. People are on different pages about exactly. I, it, it's like it, now you would probably have talked to her about it rather than just being like, she probably doesn't like me. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the the best thing Tara and I have going in our relationship is um, the hot sweaty sex. The second biggest thing we. <laughs> I was waiting until Laurel took a drink of something. Are you okay? I am. I'm good. I didn't. <laughs> no, but as communication was the other thing I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> so scarves talking yeah, about so scarves. <laughs> um, yeah. So he goes to steal Daphne Boulevard and this is a great scene for David Hyde Pierce. Yes. Solo physical comedy. Yes. I admit well, not that entirely solo when the fact that Eddie really Enzo, let's be honest, is there. Uh, at first I was like, why is Niles walking Eddie? I did not remember really this episode at all. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, why is Niles walking Eddie? And then, yeah, it was, it, it, I mean, it's probably, it's a distant second, but it's probably second to the Valentine's Day vignette where he like oh. doesn't speak. Um, I feel like there's another one in between here, but I think it's like definitely top five, type three. Yeah. Um, but the like whistle that, you know, Eddie pees and then like uh-huh. Eddie is on guard duty yes. and then he gets stuck up there. And then it also, was really funny. The, the fact that he can drop the leash and Eddie just stays, I was like, I mean, Leo's over my shoulder, listeners. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I did that with Leo, gone. Gone. I don't have a dog anymore. (laughs) Yep. Not trained. Um, Not trained. But yeah, then he ends up stuck up. He gets a little stepladder and he gets stuck up there and the cops show up. I was so impressed at the planning. Like to have buried a stepladder, you know, hidden a stepladder there and some tools and stuff. Well, I, yeah, I love when he opens his coat and he's got like a belt with like the specific tools. Like it's it's very much how Niles would plan a minor crime. Yes. Um, so there's a third thing, story. In, a third Which ends story up carrying line. over into the next episode too. Surprisingly, Weirdly, yeah, I like, like I liked it afterthought. in this one. <laughs> yes, I liked it <clears throat> in this one. I didn't like it in the second one. Um, it's basically uh, there's a company party and Martin comes home the next morning. He's you know a little hungover and he's got lipstick on his chin and they're like, oh, he. he she, you know, he hooked up with someone. He's trying to play it cool. But remember, and he didn't. Some... He didn't have lipstick on his chin. Is isn't that what happened? He 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 goes to wipe it off, and and Daphne goes, "There was no lipstick on your chin, busted." Oh, maybe I missed that. I don't know. Ooh, like, I, I, um... I hope I didn't misunderstand it. I thought she was but... like. We're going to get him to confess that he kissed somebody by telling him there's lipstick on his chin and then he can't deny it. I feel like I started typing stuff when he did that. <laughs> so I may have missed it. But yeah, the whole point is, yes, he he, he hooked up with someone and he's um, not even really like he hooked up like they made out. They made out. They made out. Which I feel like it's like they had some like sloppy kisses under like the mistletoe or something. Although the, I don't the think single person here does not consider that the, the excuse me the non-married person i don't know if you're dating anyone or not considers that not hooking up the 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 long married man here is like they hooked up <laughs> they kissed m- m- making out is not is not hooking up to, to most 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 of, me, of my friends and i making out's not hooking up all your all your loose friends <laughs> I, I would say hooking up implies 
things happen behind closed doors. We're not saying what those things are, but like anything you could do in you would do in public mm-hmm. without you know a lot of uh, hand stuff. Just yep, could be could be you know any anything. Just we'll we'll let people's imaginations go from there. But yeah. Um. But yeah, like so he starts doing this thing where he's like, I don't want him to make it more than it is. What does he say? He says the things are like women. Wait, wait, okay, I've tried to write it down. Women that will never let you have a bite of ham. You always have to eat the spinach too, or you always have to have the spinach <laughs> yeah. too. And I was like, you're a jerk, Martin. <laughs> I know. Okay, so it's funny because you know normally I'd be on your side, and I am, and this because he's being a jerk. But for some reason, this analogy really made me. Oh, laugh. the idea of ham and spinach. Well, like what a dope. It, <laughs> what well, a exactly. Also, like he was like, "We never let you have a bite of ham." I was like, "That's what you chose, ham." Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know that oft, oft wanted but barely <laughs> eaten food, ham. The one that everyone dreams about. Ham. Yes, it is so ridiculous. Now I kind of want some ham, though. <laughs> but I think it worked out well, like because I think they've done this in the past and they've made like Martin's point of view seem like a valid one, and mm-hmm. I or like the writers think it's a valid one. And in this one, the whole thing was about making Martin look like the fool, especially yeah. by the end. Yeah, because when he's he's like, whenever he, I gave her the full Martin Crane service, and Daphne's like, really. <laughs> Well, She's like, yeah. maybe maybe you were off that night, and he's like, I guess anything's possible. <laughs> I, I wrote down that he was gross when he was saying that. He was like, oh, you know, women never always want to come back for more or whatever. And I was like, okay, y'all were <laughs> drinking at a work party. Yeah. I, I uh, will say, though, not I. this is not hooking up because I, I was just making out, but there were some times in my past where under the veil of a lot of alcohol, uh, I, I would have made out made out with somebody and friends of mine would then be like so are you gonna like are y'all gonna go out or something and i would be like no we were drunk and made out like that's it (laughs) there's like i'm not interested in going out with that person Mm. i had times on both sides of those i was a serial monogamist where i was like i like to date people but you could tell if i ever enjoyed making out with someone because like i should ask her out now that we've drunkenly made out it's like there were there were (laughs) a few where it was just like oh it wouldn't be a good idea for us to actually date like yeah just... but i'm a dummy so here's the thing i was just like this make out good want make out again <laughs> let's go out on date <laughs> there was oh maybe we edit this out but i don't know i'll, I'll decide <laughs> well, i'm gonna edit it out <laughs> we should edit it out after you go maybe we should edit this out and then like do <laughs> What, what is the the oh so he so he is waiting for her to call like the whole point of the story is it kind of switches between like him being the one who's like he doesn't want a relationship to why isn't she calling me why why what is going well, and, on and here I also and think there's like there's there's space in between having made out at a company party and a relationship he's just like expecting to hear from her and at the same right. time being like gosh women you know they always wanna yeah they always want to make more out of it than it is and she's not doing that and he like is very flustered and now like it's made him go too far in the other direction i will say so he so he goes out of his way to like run into her at work he goes to work when she is on the job like and he's like i makes up a reason as to why he's there when it's not his shift i think that's a really bad idea because of the hr implications of making out with somebody at a work function and then going onto company property to then talk more about it 
Yeah, I okay, making out with somebody at an office holiday party, as long as they aren't like boss and employee and stuff, as long as there's not like a power differential there, it's like, oh, if they're two consenting people, like Maybe we look at different industries, but I, I mean, like on a like level of, uh, I'm talking about if an HR person hears about that, like there's gonna be flags regardless, and then like, I, I, I can't, I can't agree with you on this. Perhaps I feel like I've worked at is... enough companies where people have married each other that, like, right. I think, but there's stuff to anyway. Re- regardless, w- there's this is slippery, slippery okay. ground. But, uh, but, but yes, him. Yeah, going to work to talk to her about that and going to work at a yeah. time when, like, he knows that she'll, she kind of can't get out of the conversation and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think the conversation went poorly, though. Like, I was like, oh, no, 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 everybody no, no. seems like, to have, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a little awkward for, it wasn't even that awkward for Martin, but it was definitely her being like, oh, I thought this was, this isn't that big a deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I will also say, and this is kind of stretching the next one. I, so she, I forgot the actress's name, but she's in like season four of Buffy if you're a Buffy fan out there she's the prof- she's the professor who also runs the secret uh, government agency that's collecting demons and vampires anyway she looked really bad with that ponytail and mm-hmm. that outfit and then like then I almost think she went put me in one more episode I want to want people to know how good I can look yeah she I thought she looked great. great in the next episode great great like at first I was like eh, I don't get it like I, I don't see it, Martin. Not to like judge or anything, but mm-hmm. then I was like, man, oh man! Like she just, I was like, okay, I see. It makes sense though that when she's on the job as a female security guard, she's just like super right. practical, like you know, no fuss. Um, yeah, Th- yeah, that I get. But like I said, I almost feel like when like, <laughs> she's like, can I look? And then in this next episode, can I like you know do my hair a little bit and do this or whatever? Yes, yes. Um, I, we'll, we'll talk about the continuation of that plot line in the next step when we get to the next one because I have things to say mm-hmm. about it. Um, but do we have anything else from this episode? No, I, I'm i ready to rate it if you are. Yeah. Uh, I I think um, I'm somewhere between a seven and an eight. I really liked it. I liked the th- stuff with Kirby. I'm going to go with seven because I think at the end it was it was really good but like I, I I don't know. I I liked it a lot. I liked the physical comedy with David I. Pierce. I like the stuff with Kirby. I'm gonna give it seven cheeseburgers or some such. <gasps> okay, I'm gonna give it six scarves. Um, it didn't. I, I didn't like it as Are much. Are you as talking you scarves? <laughs> I I didn't like it as much as you did, but I I didn't dislike it by any means. And it definitely had parts that I enjoyed. So um, I will say I really liked the ending. The ending like put it a little bit over the top because I liked him getting one over on those kids. Yes. Yes. Um, because and, now I'm old and I want to see the youth downfall. Well, I also enjoyed how they reverted back to being such typical teenagers. Like, what right. happened at math camp? And yeah, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. And when he got to the third kid and he was like, what do you think? And the kid just threw him a total softball question. Yeah. I was like, I love this. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And I and I loved Andy. Uh, seven, I, eight, I think might be pushing it. I think I was thinking about bumping it up to an eight, but I don't think it quite got there. Yeah, um, so, yeah I, I could see myself going to like 6.5, but we don't do halves anymore um, or ever. We never did it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll stick with six. So the next one. Wait, do, I, do we I, have any mail or a voicemail or anything? We haven't had mail or a voicemail okay. in a long time. Well, so guys, Kyle texted in. me some hot takes from the last episode. And I was like, you know what you should do? You should leave us a voicemail at area code 206 and, or email us. I thought maybe he had. Let me double check. I haven't seen any in a while. Do we still have listeners? Is my question. <laughs> well, our Google Voice number has expired. 
You know, I, 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 I didn't I, know it could do that. Oh yeah, if it doesn't get used for a certain amount of time, it expires. You know, I, all I ask is for you to stay on top of our email. <laughs> I thought I did. I went, no email's great, and then I looked to open it up. I said, no email. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. All right, well, we'll fix that. Um, but we have no email. Is that correct? No, it's all other than the ones telling us about the the Google account. It's all um, Twitter, like best of Twitter. Yeah, you need you need to unsubscribe from those. Okay. It's time to send a DM, a.k.a. direct message. Oh Thanks, God. Twitter. <laughs> okay. Whose DMs do you want to slide into? Um, all right. So let's go on to the next one, which I think is, do we think this is a very important episode? This has got to be a very important episode. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to say that the only, when we got into this episode, I was like, do I remember this? And the only thing I remember is really the very end of the episode. In, the actual proposal? Yes. In that I remember that Daphne is sick. And that Niles has planned an elaborate thing. I don't remember what the elaborate thing is, and that he has, and that he just decides to propose to her like in front of the fire while she's sick. Like that's the so only thing I remembered. I didn't even going, think this was going to be the episode. I thought because I thought right. so many things went wrong that it ended up dragging into another episode. To give a quick synopsis of this of this episode, which the Hulu synopsis is, Niles prepares the perfect proposal for Daphne, which is so much fun to say. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I. I have a lot to say about the proposal. Mm -hmm. The rest of the episode can, like, I don't care. Like, you don't like, care I don't think you didn't like it or you just don't care about it? It like, was okay. Like, I didn't really like it. Like, it's basically they get Martin drunk. Well, well, look, they... look, look, wait, the very beginning is Niles taking Frazier and Martin to the <laughs> jewelry store to shop for a ring. Also, the fact that it's just like... Oh, Niles is proposing to Daphne and so we're ring shopping. I thought they would be a little bit more like... Guys, I've, like, I've decided to propose to Daphne and like all of those things. The fact that it was like, well, oh, this reveal's already happened and we're already in the planning stages. We're at the time in, in, I think, sitcoms where a lot of stuff is, there's not, you know, it's it's the 30-minute episodes. Like, mm -hmm. all of that stuff is done to there. Like, it's, I, I don't know that they would have, they, they don't typically do that thing. Like, like where it's, I'm going to propose, like, there's not holdover of, of plot threads. Perhaps that, I'm thinking of like, friends which did do that where like chandler decided to propose to monica and three episodes later they got engaged and there was like mm. two or three episodes about like him finding the yeah. perfect ring and i do feel like this one's in that time when they're starting to do that but this is kind of a throwback still a throwback show that feels a little more 90s than it does 2000s yeah but okay. i do wonder if there was a lot of this thursday it finally happens on nbc Niles proposes, you know, like one of those type of things where like if you were watching the week, it was like, oh, here it comes. Yeah, you know? I, I truly don't know. Um, we should we should look up and see if we can find any commercials. Yeah, well, uh, listeners, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look that up. And if we find anything, we'll put it in the Facebook group. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so they're at <laughs> they're at like uh, it felt like it wasn't it a mall jewelry yes, store, which feels a Martin little says not he's going to Orange Julius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and they're like sitting there, and then they're arguing over it. And the the ring bearer is not the word. What is he? The jewelry salesman. <laughs> but he kind of <laughs> always is a ring bearer. Yeah, he's he's bearing the ring from the cash register to you. Um, but uh, he's like, I'm sure he he implies that they're a gay couple, and they're like, no. And then they both look at each other and go, hmm, presuming, and they both go latent, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> it's just like kind of what? a weird sight. They both look at each other and they go latent. 
They like did? he's he's latent uh, homosexuality. Like oh. he's projecting onto them. Oh, God. I missed but, that completely. I, I was, <laughs> but I was it was such just, a psychology joke. You're right. I was so distracted by that it was Dan Bukatinsky as the jeweler. Oh, um, who is that? So I know him from Scandal. He was in Scandal for many seasons. Um, and he's been kind of a um, little bit of like a that guy, like a big character actor. He's, um, I'm, I'm looking at his uh, IMDb now. He was in, um, he's produced a lot of things like uh, Web Therapy and The Comeback that uh, Lisa Kudrow show produced Grey's Anatomy. Mm. Um, he was in, he had a very small role in the Gilmore Girls reboot. Um, nobody needs to... Um, go back and look at that but uh oh he's in the sex lives of college girls i kind of forgot about that um he's in i mean like an episode of grace and frankie two episodes (laughs) of will and grace one episode of i kind of forgot about the sex the sex lives of college girls about to be like you lived it (laughs) Uh, he was in 29 episodes of scandal though like i feel like there were times where he was a series regular Um, he he looked like a that guy that i didn't know right you know what i'm saying like i don't know i was like i don't know who this is but he looks like he's he's going to go be he looks like he's going to be a star <laughs> yeah yeah um, i'm glad to see he does a lot of um producing it makes sense though that he was in scandal and in um well it doesn't make sense that he was in the gilmore girls one. that wasn't a shonda rhimes thing anyway i, I was just thrilled to see him because i first knew who he was from scandal so um where he I, it said he was only in 30 episodes i remember him just being very prominent in the series so i uh i like so then like they find a ring that they like and Yes. He drops it, and then Fraser's back is hurt. The whole bit is Martin walks back in, and the whole rest of the thing thinks like Fraser's on one knee, proposing, proposing denials. denials. So, and stop me if I, I oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I liked that joke. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like that Niles was like stop, stop, or not Niles, uh, Martin. I think Martin should just walked in, like looked at them, rolled his yes. eyes, and left. Yes. <laughs> like, Although knowing Martin's generation, that's like not necessarily something they would do. Um, I, I, I don't know if I told the story before about how I went with my friend Alice to finish her registry. Um, like, so she had, she'd gotten married and they like Bed Bath & Beyond had emailed her and was like, hey, we're having a finisher registry night where um, come in to get the gifts that you didn't get at 25% off. And it was like Bed Bath & Beyond was staying open late just for people that were invited to this. It was only married couples. And her husband it was in med school at the time. So she asked if I would go with her. And I was like, sure. Her husband's name is Taylor, a very, mm. you know, just a, a name that could be for either gender. And right. I swear that people were like, congratulations, you two. <laughs> and it was Did just like, you like, like, like eat it up. I would have been like, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, at, at that time, I think I was like 23. And so like, no, I, now I would a hundred percent. I would like brush hair out of Alice's face and be like, you know, like, Oh, like you're just as beautiful as the day. The day of your well, wedding. <laughs> well, kind of sort of speaking to that, there's a scene later in this episode where Niles is trying to write his proposal and Roz like starts talking and like Niles can't get through without crying. And then <laughs> Roz is like, you, they just want you to get down on one knee and ask them to be their wife. And like yeah. Roz starts crying. Yes. And I was like, oh, Roz, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. I love that. I, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that happens to me a lot at weddings. I, I now I now cry at weddings frequently. Well, I haven't been to a wedding in like, you mm. know, three years. But uh, yeah, I cry, cry at weddings a lot now. Um, so yeah, I, I, I know where Roz is coming from. Also, I'm sure Niles wrote the most beautiful proposal. Uh, I was about to say, I was like, I don't remember the last time I cried at something. And then it was last night because <laughs> there's a there's a really there's a really like powerful scene in Stranger Things that like 
also has to do with music therapy. So Tara was like really into it and we were just like bawling like, like, oh, God, oh. Yeah. like it's really well done. It's like movie worthy stuff. Anyway. So Niles um, and Frazier get Martin drunk so he will take Daphne's mom out. So Niles Gertrude. Did you know? Did we know her name nope. was Gertrude? Nope. That's okay. an unfortunate name. Uh, I love that Mrs. Wajadubikowski came up again though. Yes. Um, but Martin ends up getting drunk, agreeing to do this, but also dropping that. I saw that my camera just went out. Oh, there we go. You good. Um, Ends up dropping the bombshell that uh, Fraser's mom was pregnant with him when they got married. <laughs> that I was a guest at your wedding. Yes, I, I thought was that was how he put it. Hilarious, and that Niles already knew yes. because once he was sick, home homesick with chickenpox, and his mom told him to cheer him up. <laughs> but then I like Fraser goes in and is like, "There's something else I need to know, and I need you to tell me the truth." He's like. You're not a year older. We just said that to you know whatever. And he's like, oh, thank God. I know. Frasier was so rocked by it that I, I was then kind of like, I'm trying to think what my reaction would be if it turned out that like, you know, I was a guest at my parents' wedding or something. I was like, I don't, at this point, I don't think I would care. I would probably applaud them for keeping the charade up as long as they did. Yeah. I, well, never mind. Okay. Well, you're. Also I, I remember the time you had I an older the time sister, I, so you know you're the. There, well, there's no way you were a guest at no, your parents' wedding. I wasn't. My sister was, and I, I remember when I put that math together. Oh wait, so your parents didn't hide it? Like they were like, "Oh, here's when we got married. Here's when your sister was born." They didn't like. I just never thought about the math until I was older, and then one time I went, "Wait, their uh, anniversary is in June, and Kim's birthday is in January." Wait a second. <laughs> And like all the numbers, I guess they always lined up, but I just never really thought about but, it. But it like, sounds oh. like Martin and um, Hester were saying that their anniversary yes, was a year she earlier. Was, like a full and she year. was also like waddling down yeah. the aisle. Well, I also, when Martin, I feel, I feel like that was perhaps a little bit of an exaggeration because surely they've seen photos from the wedding. And if she looked grossly pregnant, not gross as in disgusting, gross as in largely, like I'm sure Fraser Niles would have noticed that earlier. Right. Anyway. Uh, um. So, so then he takes Gertrude out and they're, where are they? They're on a ferry somewhere? They're on like a sunset boat tour. Yeah. And I don't know why he had to take her out. I didn't know why he didn't just like, let's go to the movies. Yes. I was like, why some, did he, like, maybe he had to take her on something that would be a long enough period of time and where they could never go home. Like, you know, if you go to the movies, she'd be like, oh, I need to stop at home in between and take my medicine or something. Maybe it was like he needed to keep her like right. cap- captive somewhere. <laughs> Um, um, and, and anyway, the woman Peg from the previous episode, his coworker who he made out with at the party, is there. Right, and she's there with her friend, and her friend's like, "I don't know. You should go talk to him. You know, just see how he reacts." And just like, say hi, which I was like, "That's a hundred percent. You should just go and say hi." But then Peg says, um, "Yeah, I don't know. He called me a few times. He drove by my house. He put notes in my lunch." And I was like, "He drove by your house a few times. He was putting notes in your lunch." He made a doll out of my loose hair. I was like, it was. I mean, I know I'm coming off hot off the St. Elmo's fire. Emilio Estevez was a stalker in that movie. But like, I was like, what? Yeah. This is not, um, this is where Peg needs to go to HR. <laughs> when you do that, I always think of the thing when people do it online and people do like, cl- like word clap, word mm-hmm. clap, word clap. And I'm like, no one ever does that. And then like you do it. And I'm like, oh yeah, they do do it. Yeah. Like I know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, this is when, so she comes up on this whole time, like Martin's trying to get out of trying to seem like he's into Gertrude, 
who's like laying it like Gertrude is just the worst. She's laid it on thick here. It's it's first it's like we're gonna get together, blah blah blah, and then it's like oh you woe is me. No one likes it. Like get over yourself. And then he says like that his nerve damage from the bullet he took in the thigh has affected his uh, performance, his mm-hmm. uh, nerves a little further south. And he says, like, I can have no sexual feeling, like, as Peg's walking up. Very stupid joke. Very, yes. like, okay. Like, I was like, this part's dumb. So let's skip this. Let's take all of this and scrape it to the side because as soon as Wolfgang Puck shows up, this turns into a completely different episode. Mm-hmm. Wolfgang Puck is so good in this. Yes, agreed. He's so good. He's like, he's so funny. He's like, it's Cajun. Like, he's got like a personality when he's like, I guess we'll have to ask everyone to come back in a week or whatever. He's like, not everybody. Like, he's really funny. He was funny and yet didn't have to do a whole lot. Like, I don't think they tried to stretch him beyond like his ability. And he was also, but he was still so good at what they asked him to do. I mean, they could have easily just gotten a, a, a comic actor. Yes. To just be a chef. Yes. But the fact that it was Wolfgang Puck was like, and he's got a ton of personality. Like anything I've ever seen him on, I find him very fascinating. Like just charismatic, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I, I, I've never seen him on anything that I can think of, but like, I'm glad, glad to hear that. Um, um, like, like it's mostly like he was on like John Favreau had that the chef cooking show. Oh yeah, where yeah, he yeah. basically he did that. He was on that. He does he does, but he's he's also he does some very non pretentious stuff. Like he has a uh, tomato risotto with shrimp recipe that's on like the remember you know the tasty rep- recipes oh, where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. so he does one for tasty and I've done it a few times for Tara. I will put it up on the thing. It's really easy. It's got a really good method to make any sort of risotto and it's really good. Oh. It's basically, and he's like, just use tomato soup. Shoot, soup. He's like, of course, I make my own tomato soup, but you can just get some of the store and I can't. Like, he's very not pretentious about stuff. What? Where, is, like, he, where okay. is he from? Uh, I'm gonna say Austria okay. or Germany. Okay, I, I realized I truly didn't know, but I just knew he had an accent. Um, I have eaten at one of his restaurants in Vegas, Cut the Steakhouse. Um, it was <laughs> for some reason great. I thought you were instructing me to cut this out. Like, <laughs> I've eaten at the Steakhouse, Cut is out. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, the same house um, is called Cut. It's at uh, the. How was it? Uh, it's at the Venetian or the Palazzo. I think it's in between the two. Um, it was good. It was good. I mean, I if you're looking for uh, like someone to wax poetic about a steak, it takes. Um, I don't. I'm not the person. I, I really like steak, right. but I'm not like a connoisseur of them. So it was good though. Yeah. Um. He's also he does he used you know one of the he did a lot of like to go stuff from his restaurants or like frozen f- meals from his restaurants. So I think he's very much about like. I, I don't know. He could be a horrible, awful, awful monster. I'm sure all chefs are, but like he seems like a very personal guy, but he's great in this. Yeah, yeah then, I thought he was good. The thing I really like, so the whole deal is Niles has planned this elaborate, extraordinarily elaborate proposal. Mm-hmm. Daphne has the flu. Yes, and when she shows up, again, I know they're in a serious, committed relationship and everything, and he's asked her to live with him, so like she would obviously be there when she's sick, but I was like, why did you go over there when you have the flu, and why did Frazier not tell Niles Daphne is sick. Like she was spent oh, all yeah, day. Yeah. At she their, get it on the drive over. <laughs> she lives at Fraser's apartment. Right, right, right. That's a good point. But okay, so maybe that doesn't make sense. But what I loved about this whole scene was we got as a viewer, and so did those characters, got this nice, romantic, personal, private proposal. Mm-hmm. They got it. It wasn't like one of those things where it's like, oh, everything's going wrong, and like sh- they dump a cake on her head and the trombone player comes out and blows it you know it's something weird and then she's like this is awful but i still love you propose to me yeah they got she got this and and it's 
this there's the the image that they get and f- the whole comedy is is derived from Frasier doing being a wonderful brother. Yes. Doing the best he can to get them out of there and without Nile without Daphne or Niles seeing it without yes. doing that. Yes, and it's like a dozen people that he has to sneak yes. out of the apartment, including carrying Wolfgang Puck out, which again, what a good sport Wolfgang Puck that is. That was funny. The funniest <laughs> the funniest part. Well, first of all, he's like trying to get everyone out. He's like, you stop, then go. Mm-hmm. It's like, so the the blocking of that from like a stagecraft point of view oh, is pretty amazing. And so complicated. I wrote down that the physical comedy of this was just stellar. Yeah, absolutely. But like is doing real well and they're getting their scene and you're still getting the like, you know, and him realizing like it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's mm-hmm. still, it's not imperfect or like a f- effing madhouse. Mm-hmm. It's just this quiet moment where they realize this is what we we want. And I love you, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like our relationship is perfect. It's very lovely. And Fraser got to see it and be a part and cheer tear up. I liked when there was like the last waiter who stuck, and he's like waving him on, yes. and the waiter goes mm, yeah. no, and he's like it felt like it felt like he was trying to get him beyond enemy lines yes, like, yes. like past like, the iron curtain yeah or, or like like crossing like a, i don't know a river full of gators or something yeah um, it was so ridiculous and then when the trumpet player shows up and fraser's not them, just hold yeah. on oh i'm sorry I'm not sorry. just a trumpet player a medieval times version of like mm-hmm. the long no valve trumpet that's just mm-hmm. gonna be like burp, 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 and mm-hmm. he comes out and i'm assuming what was a fraser stunt person Mm-hmm, probably just tackles him it's and so good silently silently tackles yes. him of course it's... now that i've listened to so many like podcasts about making of tv shows i'm like oh i wonder what like mat they had behind there for them oh to yeah land the, on. they had a crash mat yeah yeah, yeah yeah hey real fun little tidbit uh my nephew who's going to uh college next uh semester his summer job this year is doing the lighting at medieval times Isn't oh cool? my gosh isn't that cool that is so cool okay we're gonna edit this part out Who knows? I mean, he's basically he's going into film, so that's he's great. Going to good be meeting those people his whole time, but and, and and lighting is so important. So good for him. Uh. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Um, do we have anything else to say about this one other um, than to rate it? I I just I'm like so pleased that we've gotten to this point, and also that mm-hmm. once they got Niles and Daphne together, they like stopped making this a TV show relationship and just made it a very normal relationship. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like nothing super insane has happened. Um, yeah. And, and that's, I, I think Donnie this didn't is show up of, to try to get when yeah. Daphne back, which happened on friends, not Donnie, but you know, I, that'd be funny. if Sal Rubin comes in and it's like, yeah, I've always loved you, Rachel. Monica. <laughs> yeah. Monica is Jewish, and so is, you know, Saul Rubinek, so... Oh, they're right, they're right, they're right. Um, what do you give this one? Gosh, I mean, I give this one um, probably... Uh, I, I'm going to say eight. Um, mm. Eight medieval trumpeters. Um, I feel like... I, I, I think that if the episode was a little... The episode writ large was a little bit better, I would rate it higher, because it is such an important episode, but... Um, I- I feel the same way. Yeah. I, I, I think I give it a seven hesitant wait staff. <laughs> um, and I think it's a seven almost entirely off the back of, the, of how mm-hmm. good a job they did with the proposal. Mm-hmm. I and think even, you know, we've spoiled that they give a proposal. I don't know anybody who doesn't watch Frasier that listens to our podcast, but if for some reason you haven't seen it, it's, it's worth watching yes. just for that scene. Because like I said, just 
it's so good that they give them their lovely proposal and it, but it's still hilarious because of what's going on with Frasier in the foreground and I'm glad that you've like highlighted what a good brother Frasier is during this because I didn't really think about that and you're right like he's going like above and beyond for this uh, which I mean it makes sense that he would but um, I, yeah. I can imagine you maybe didn't notice because he's just he's he's being very Frasier mm-hmm. in his mannerisms of like go go do mm-hmm. he's like you know over exaggerating this silly thing but at the same time, it's it, it, that's why I think it's just like this perfect little Frasier scene. Yeah, it's 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 there's so much going on. It's so good. Yeah, I agree. You've got an amazing guest star. You've got, you know, characters getting what they want without it being like, you know, I think if they did something super cartoonish and then it was like, oh, we'll laugh about the future. Will you marry me? Like, it's like, OK, that's every thing. Like they got a beautiful proposal. And yeah. I, I just love that. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know what? Uh Craniacs, if you have a beautiful proposal story, why don't you I, I send mean, it our way? Also, I don't know if you've ever shared your proposal story with Tara on the pod. Um, potentially, I can do it real quick. Um, I knew I wanted to marry her. I can tell you exactly where I was and exactly the situation when I said I'm going to ask this this girl to marry oh me. Oh my gosh, share that. Um, I was thinking of leaving Bethesda and we were nervous about it and it would mean possibly moving somewhere else. And I was like unsure of my job and this, that, and the other. And I was talking to her about it and she, it was, she had a friend over and we didn't want to talk about it in front of her. So she went down to meet me in the garage of the apartment we were in to just talk about it. And as we're walking up, she just like squeezed my hand and turned and looked at me and said, Hey, I'm with you no matter what we do. And I literally remember having the thought in my head, I'm going to ask her to marry me. So I... That's such a good story. I (laughs) I can also like picture Tara saying this. It's Well, it's also funny because like for a while when we lived there, I'd walk by that spot and I'd do a little X with my foot and she'd go, what are you doing? I'm like, that's where I decided I was going to marry you. (laughs) Like I could point at it. But so I... There was a couple things. Like we went to Jersey and I brought the ring with me. It was her grandmother's ring that her uncle had given me at one point or had given to her. And she was, you know, we talked, I don't forget exactly how it was, but we had it. Mm -hmm. And I had like stolen it out of, you know, I kept like stealing it away and like hoping she wouldn't find it and putting it back when I thought she might look, you know, to get it sized and this, that and the other and cleaned up and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And her aunt and uncle knew I couldn't tell her. I knew I'd have to tell her dad like right before, but the idea was I was bringing it to Jersey to like, if we, maybe I'd, you know, if, if, if the, I didn't exactly have a plan, so I was like, if the if the ad, if if I just feel like it, I'll be like, hey, let's go for a walk, and we mm-hmm. would come home every night and be so dang tired. And the only thing I knew was we were going to go out. She she said to me she didn't want me to propose on a holiday, mm-hmm. so it was Fourth of July. We went on a friend's boat. We were watching the fireworks, and like I had <laughs> I had my arm over her, and she goes. This is so beautiful. You know, if you wanted to propose to me, this would be a good time to do it or something. And I was like in my head going, I was like, <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, the ring is back at the house because you specifically said I'm not supposed to. Like, how amazing would that have been if she'd been like, you know, you propose to me? I'm like, all right. And just like immediately did it. Like, mm-hmm. that would have been pretty like, I don't know. But so the real story is I said, hey, we're, we want to go to. This restaurant, I forgot the name of it. It was a something bistro in Round Rock, and it was like an old train station. Round Rock changed. or Rockville? Rockville, Rockville, okay. sorry. I get those mixed up all the time. Is And we went, and I took the ring box out. I, I took the ring out, I put it in a different box. 
because that was my trick because she would like open the drawer and just see the the box it was in mm-hmm. and just assume it was there not like open it right mm-hmm. so I was in her part of the story being kind of weird about, Hey, we're still going out to dinner on Friday. She's like, yeah, why would I change her mind? So she's like, Oh, he's going to propose to me tonight. And so she kept like brushing up against my side to like feel my pocket, but I have my insulin pump. So she felt my insulin oh. pump and went, Oh, okay. He's just, okay, whatever. So then we just had like an amazing little meal. It was like one of our better dates. Like it was just, it's funny. I probably because the end of the date was I proposed to her, but like we were just like telling funny stories and like really like just a, wonderful little date had a great meal and then afterwards I was like let's go for a walk and we went for a walk and there was like a little bridge around there and at the bridge I, I, I apparently in her words started getting very serious and being like you know there's something I want to tell you and blah 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 and she goes I thought you were either proposing to me or breaking up with me and I've only ever been broken up with in this situation I've never proposed because she, she got really scared so I'm telling, talking to her and I start seeing the color go out of her face and I go, oh, oh, I better like cut to the end. Yeah. I don't remember what I said. I kind of had a plan, but I didn't write it down. So I get down on one knee. I'm like, will you marry me? And so she goes, she she looked at me and she said the words, you know, everyone wants to hear in that situation. Shut up. Shut up. And she's kept like walking around and being like, shut up. And I'm like, I kind of need a yes or no. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and she was like, yes. So, you know, obviously that's the rest of the yes. story. So it was just kind of a cute little date and stuff. But it was just, if I could have pulled out, I told her like immediately as soon as I proposed. I was like, by the way, do you remember back in uh, like last weekend when we were in Jersey and we were on a boat and there were fireworks going off and you're like, this would be a nice time for you to propose to me? Well, there was a, <laughs> I, if, if you had to said this, I would have had it in my pocket and it would have been amazing. And like, no one would have known. And she was like, oh man. But they're also, but. <laughs> In the vein of Niles and Daphne, like what? what oh a, yeah, like what? What? What a good proposal story that ended up being, though. Oh yeah, it was very personal. We think about it all the time. We would go, you know, if we ever go back to that area, we'll eat it. Black Market Bistro. That's what it's called. Did you ever eat there? Ryan, I went to Rockville like twice. Well, no. they were a there was a group of like restaurants in the Black Market family that were all over the place, and they were really nice restaurants. But like this one was just like a little, like I said, a train station, and there was like maybe like eight tables and you know it was really small uh, so, i mean it wonderful. sounds super cute but no i we, the only time i went to the burbs to eat was if we were going to a chain restaurant that didn't exist in oh if you want to say olive garden it's like olive garden um but yeah so there's there's my uh proposal story I, and like i said i wish i would have written down what i was going to say i kind of thought about it in my head but i to this day i have no idea what i said and she's like i have no idea what you said because she was just like he's breaking up with me <laughs> uh yeah i would say i feel like most people don't know what their spouse yeah. said um yeah i feel like that's the the main thing and and then we went <laughs> and we bought a bag of cherries and a bottle of champagne and we sat on the patio of our house and like called people and held hands and drank champagne and ate cherries and spit the pits off the side <laughs> that's the other part i remember i mean just having this nice wonderful <laughs> little like call our friends and let them know we were married and we we're uh, engaged and all that so and anyway spitting spitting cherry pits yep so, guys, if you have a uh, good proposal story, why don't you hit us up? Um, I'm not going to put our phone number because God knows if it still works anymore because I messed up and got the Google Voice Had <laughs> one job. So, I'm so sorry. Uh, but you can. Uh, what always works is you can email us at craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-E-N-E-I-A-C-S at craniacs on Twitter, craniacs, a Fraser podcast on Facebook, Wherever you listen to us, whether it be Overcast, whether it be Google 
Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can give us a review. Give us the highest review possible. Five full stars. Give us those five stars if you're like, mm, maybe only four stars. Well, Laurel may have something else you could do with your time instead of giving us that four-star review. So I don't have anything they can do with their time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I feel like there's so many times when you have something, I'm like, oh, I have something too. I wish I could do it. What? What? You, go get your, uh, if, you've, if you're up for another COVID booster, why don't you grab one of oh, those? Oh, actually, yes. Go get your COVID booster. I, so here's, here's, I mean, I know you were diabetic, so you were obviously eligible for this booster. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard nothing other than like a few months ago when they're like, oh, people over 55 should get it. I think I'm just going to go get another booster. Here's the thing. Um, if you sign up on like CVS, mm-hmm. they do ask, are you immunocompromised? And apparently Tara said no, and they like didn't want to give it to her. But then she just went back and said yes, and they're like, sure. And they didn't ask me anything. <laughs> they just yeah. gave me the shot. Yeah, I'm just like... I, I had COVID at the end of January. They they're like, oh, you probably have immunity for three months, and I'm like, okay, well, it's more been more than three months now. I'm I'm about to I'm traveling a lot in July. It'd be nice to get the booster, so I need to just go this, and get it. This is my second booster. I was kind of out, like I said, I got uh, super tired, but other than that, I felt I my thing was when the first one I got, I felt I could not sit up. I had to lay down. I was so nauseous whenever I set up, and it's been less and less. And this time it was a little like, mm, I don't want to walk around a bunch. But like other than that, it was, you know, just take a day. I, th- I, this is my second day, and this is the first time I've taken one where the second day I still wasn't out. Like I, I you know, went and did chores today and mm-hmm. did all sorts of stuff. I'm fine. My arm's a little sore. That's about it. But you know what he didn't do is remember that we were going to record. <laughs> so there are it, side I effects, will, guys. I, I, yes, the side effects are you may forget uh, obligations to your podcasting co-host so look out everyone it's okay i got to take a laurel nap so there you go everybody wins yep well guys uh get your boosters give us a five-star review uh until next time i'm ryan i'm laurel and we're listening bye y'all